0: With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell.
1: Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church, and we are live. Live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecturer, Counselor, Professor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Tonight, we begin a new series entitled What Were the Three Responses at the Cross of Christ and How These Three Responses Relate to Us in Our World Today. People today respond to Christ the same way the two thieves on the cross responded to him. And in the same way, our response to Christ will determine our eternal destiny, either to be with Christ or to be separated from Christ into an eternal condemnation in hell. So stay tuned as we launch into this brand new series, but we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight?
2: Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that uh, uplifting and challenging introduction, and we want to thank everybody out there in Radiant Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know that you're going to be blessed by our program tonight, and uh, like Brother Gary said, we are starting a new series, and we trust that you will be blessed by this series, encouraged. And that you will not only grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but you'll be able to share this truth with somebody else that don't know him. And even if you know somebody that knows him, you want to share it as well. So we're talking about the cross and, uh, you know, the cross is critical. It is uh, the pivotal point in everything we do, uh, the cross, because you can't get to the resurrection unless you come through the cross first. And so our emphasis is going to be uh, with the three men on the cross. Uh, one of those men was the God man. And there's a lot of lessons to learn for all of us. Now, I want to kick things off by uh, sharing with you an illustrative story because uh Illustrations is one of the best ways to uh, preach the Word of God and to teach the Word of God because it has a way of sticking with people. And Jesus was a master at illustrations and stories. And many people were touched by that. So I encourage preachers to and teachers to use illustrations in their teachings and in their sermons. Mm-hmm. So I want to start this series sharing with you a true story about something that relates to my message. There was a little boy one day who was lost. Notice that he was lost. He couldn't find his way home. And he began to cry out loud because he was so lost. A stranger saw the little boy crying and came up to him and tried to comfort him. The stranger said, what is wrong? Son, the little boy said through a flood of tears, I can't find my way home. Notice the word home. I am lost, wanting help. The man asked, is there anything near your house that you remember? The little boy thought for a moment and said, there is only one thing that I can remember. And the man said, what is that? He said, "There is, uh, is there a building? The man said, is there a building near uh, your home? And he said that you can remember. And he said, there is a building near my home with a cross. Notice the word cross on it. The man knew exactly which cross the boy was talking about. He took the boy by the hand and walked him to the church the building with the cross, when the boy got to the the church, he knew exactly how to find his way home. When he found the cross, notice this, when he found the cross, (laughs) what a word, when he found the cross, and what a story, he found his way home. Oh, what a comparison for us today. What a comparison, and what an illustration we need to cry out like that little boy. We need to cry out uh, because when he cried out for help, uh, the thing that came to mind through this man bringing to his attention, do you remember any building, anything that comes to mind? He says, yes, there is a building with a cross. And he cried out for help. And then when he cried out, he got help. And then Uh, He was led to a church with a cross on it, and then he was able to find his way home. Oh, my friend, there are so many of us today that are lost, and we are going to an eternal destiny without the Lord Jesus Christ, an eternal hell, separated from him throughout eternity. And that's not our home, and we need to cry out to God and say, God, I need to find you in the cross so I can really find my true way home. I can really find my way to my real home, and we got to cry out to Christ, just like that boy cried out, and someone came to his rescue, and God is there to rescue you right now, bring you to the cross, forgive you of your sins, and lead you to your home. This is not our true home. We're not We're just citizens on this earth, but we have a greater home in heaven and that home is going to be brought to the earth. And so my friends think about this illustration in your own life and cry out to God right now, cry out to him and uh, cry out to him who died on that cross and you will find your way home. Just like this boy did. Now the, uh, title of this series is, What Were the Three Responses at the Cross of Christ? And how does these three responses relate to us in our world today? Oh, what a title. What a title. What a title. And uh, I think you're going to really get blessed by this series. And it is a, a true uh, in terms of our responses to Christ today, uh, he died on that cross about 2,000 years ago. And our response to that cross will determine our eternal destiny, whether we'll be with him or be lost throughout eternity. And so a decision or non-decision, whether is a non-decision is a decision and that none decision regarding the cross is a decision, and that decision is no. You don't want to make that mistake, my friend. At the cross of Christ, he died a horrendous death, a terrible, brutal death for your sins uh, in your place, so that you wouldn't have to experience a, a horrendous, terrible, brutal death, and Christ was even separated for a moment, you know, for a moment, not truly through eternity, but he was separated for a moment uh, because of your sins and mine. And uh, and yet in the midst of all of that, you know, he took the cup of God's indignation, the wrath of God's indignation. So you wouldn't have experienced it. He took on the cumulative sins of the entire world upon himself. So you wouldn't have to carry those sins into eternity. Oh, you should be thankful to the Lord Jesus Christ for what he did at that cross. You gotta come to that crossroad, crossroad. Notice I said crossroad in your life where you make a decision to fall down on your knees and cry out to him right now. If you're listening to this message, cry out to him, no matter what type of crossroads you're going through right now, cry out to him for help, for salvation, for redemption. Now at the cross of Christ, there were three cross. Notice all these threes, three cross. There were three men uh, and there was in the midst of those three men, you know, the God man was there, Jesus Christ. And uh, he was yet in the middle, in the middle of these three men. And he is in the middle of your life too, my friend. No matter what you're going through, he's in the middle. He's right there reaching out to you just like he did to these these two men. Jesus is the God-man, mediator between God and man, right there in the middle. In the middle of your life, in the middle of your crisis, in the middle of your hurt, in the middle of your pain, in the middle of your sorrow, in the middle of your despair, in the middle, Jesus is right there. And in the midst of these three, there there was three decisions, three different decisions. And the world in which we live have been divided three ways regarding these decisions. And the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, regarding the cross, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power, power of God. Oh, my question to you is what is your worldview regarding the cross of Christ? You know, everybody got a worldview, and there's only two worldviews regarding the cross of Christ. Number one, there is the Christian worldview, and number two, there is the non Christian worldview. Which view are you in? Which view are you holding? Hopefully, you are involved with the Christian worldview, because that is the only true view of the cross of Christ. Now, you see, the worldview is into rejection of the cross. On that first Good Friday, most of the people that stood beneath the cross laughed and scarred at Jesus Christ, and they scorned his love. And a lot of them earlier were saying Hosanna to him in the highest. And yet, when it came to the cross, uh, many of them changed and said, crucify him, crucify him. But he was sitting there in the middle, the greatest love that's ever given to the world, the greatest forgiveness ever given to the world. And yet the world laughed at him, mocked him, rejected him and the world is still doing that today. Not uh, much has changed since then. People in our world have the same attitude. They see Jesus' love displayed before them in other Christians, in the Bible, and uh, in what God has done through the life of the apostles and prophets. And the majority in the world today still rejects what Christ did at the cross. And this includes even the liberals and the apostate churches. (laughs) They also reject the cross, the liberals, liberal churches, apostate churches, many, many intellectuals in our churches, schools and universities and even the government and even communities proudly claim faith in a suffering savior is for a weakness, a weakened mind who need to lean on something that's not true. Many politicians from all parties demand we keep Christ and his cross and the word Christian out of the public sphere. And the haters of Christianity around the world even respond to the cross of Christ And this message with cruelty, violence, and killings of Christians. And the sad thing is that according to what Jesus said at the cross in Luke 23 and 34, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do because they reject the only way of salvation. John 14 and 6, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes in the Father but by me. And then Peter says in Acts 4 to our is of salvation and any other, there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So let me say this in conclusion by building on the word stand. I want to say the three things in conclusion regarding the word stand, and I'll pick up with this next time. You're either going to either, number one, stand against the cross of Christ, you're going, to number two, stand for the cross of Christ. And number three, stand under the cross of Christ. And my friend, you need to stand for the cross. Stand under the blood, because it says in 1 John 1 and 9, we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to give us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's my prayer for you right now. In the name of Jesus, Brother Gary.
1: All right, well, it's time for us to take a commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith.
0: You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the Spirit of the Bay.
1: Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, teacher, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell, and we're inviting you to call in with your comments, questions, concerns. If you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. And speaking of prayer, we just want to thank all of you who have been praying for our ministries these many, many years. We can't thank you enough. This is a prayer driven ministry. And we also thank those of you who have partnered with us financially uh, to keep this ministry going. It's a listener supported ministry as well. It costs us $400 a week to remain on the air. And right now we have a deficit of $322 that we're trying to get rid of and we need your help to do that. There are two ways that you can donate. You can address a Check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, 553, Tiburon, California. That's T I B U R O N, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith. Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier. Uh, simply go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, click on the donate button, and it's that simple. You will be a blessing for time and eternity. We also want to remind you that we have all of our our episodes uh, as podcasts that you can access by going to kfax.com and checking out the banner where it says Contending for the Faith and you'll be able to, it'll take you to our podcast. So if you have missed any of our our recent programs, or if you remember them and you want to just review them, uh, some folks are using them as Bible study uh, tools. There's a lot of great resources there that you can utilize and share and uh, be blessed by. So we want to encourage you to check out our podcast. All right, Dr. Buckner, I understand you have a letter you want to read.
2: Yes, sir. Uh, I have a wonderful letter that, uh, we got from, we received from one of our faithful, uh, prayer warriors as well as, uh, financial supporters. And, uh, uh, Sister Sophia, she sent us a wonderful letter and, and it, uh, I want to read it to the listening audience so that they can get blessed by, uh, her encouraging letter. Uh, she says, Dear Dr. Buckner and Brother Gary, Bill, or Brother Gary, I want to tell you, Dr. Buckner, how much your amazing teaching on the Trinity meant to me. I'm often asked about the Triune God as it's very, very confusing for unbelievers to understand and even for some Christians. I now have a biblical answers for them. More recently, your wonderful series on the Ds and that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit and our responsibility to care for it uh, have been fascinating and a blessing. I agree with uh, Brother Gary, who said the word holy spoke to him the most. It is the umbrella over everything that a Christian must try to become. I chose the D for devotion. It is the closest word to love, which covers a multitude of sins and all the commandments according to Jesus. When you are devoted to someone, you love that person completely. You want to please that person and want to learn more about that one. This is what contending for the faith equips me to do with beloved Jesus. My devotion to him is above everything and everyone in my life, so I am also devoted to contending for the faith uh, as your comprehensive teaching, Dr. Butner, allows my love for the Lord to flourish. I have an emergency fund and put aside for my tax exempt. I realize that your ability to continue on the air and win souls of a high emergency. So please accept my offering with deep love and gratitude. Your ministry also allows us to fellowship with, uh, other listeners. Uh, Precious, uh, Rick, uh, Precious Rick reached out to me through your ministry. And now our fellowship and conversation have meant so much to me. And I learn a lot from Rick. Your ministry serves, <clears throat> serves many purposes for the Lord. Contending for the faith is always in my prayers as we all our listeners, you have become a family to me. God bless Dr. Buckner and Brother Gary, your devoted sister in Christ, Sophia. What a blessing, Brother Gary. I mean, letters like this have a tremendous way of uh, encouraging us as well as supporting us. And we want to say to others out there, uh, if you've never written to us and uh, sent an encouraging letter, Please do it because it means the world to us. And we have this, Gary, we have this core group of people that God has given us that hear the need for us to stay on the air and they act quickly. Like we have about, what, 300 and something right now. What was it? Three? 322. Yes. And we know some God is going to touch somebody even tonight and they're going to act on that because they don't want to see this program go off the air because it would be... Uh, like a curse to the world to not hear this great teaching. So I don't know if you want to say something about uh, Sophia, Brother Gary, because we always get blessed by her encouraging words. And I'm going to give you a few uh, minutes to say a few things about this letter.
1: Well, you know, it's really important. I heard a uh, minister a long time ago. Uh, he mentioned that one of the most important things to have in ministry is somebody or a group of people that will encourage you because it's, you know, it's not easy. You know, we do this and we have our detractors and we have people that that opposition, the enemy does not like what we're doing. And so, you know, we, we take our shots every now and then. And it's just a wonderful thing to know that there are folks praying for you and that they take the time to send you a word of encouragement and I would, I would also encourage your listening audience, our listening audience, that, you know, take a moment and encourage your pastor. You know, he's doing the best he can uh, during very difficult time. We've got this pandemic going on. And, you know, it, it's not easy right now for ministries, for churches in general, to navigate a lot of the confusion around the pandemic and still minister effectively. And they, they're carrying a, a burden right now and I, I just want to uh, encourage you to encourage your pastor so that he you know can can benefit from the same type of encouragement and blessing as we've we've experienced tonight through Sophia. Amen. Good word, good word.
2: Well, you ready to get to our callers, brother Gary?
1: Hey, yeah, let's go to Alfred on line one.
2: Hey brother Alfred, how you doing this evening?
3: Dr. Buckner,
1: I'm doing very well. Um, oh,
3: good.
2: good. good how's, Gary, I,
1: how's Gary Bell doing? I'm truly blessed, Alfred. Thank you for asking. Okay, yeah. Well How are you doing? I had a,
3: a scripture that I wanted Dr. B, uh, Buckner to um, interpret. It kind of goes along with his message tonight it's a galatians 6 7 do not be deceived god is not mocked so whatever a man or woman sows that shall they also reap and i wanted you to expound on that for me thank you, you very right. much
2: you got it that's a very good question and a tremendous scripture Ah, uh, this scripture is uh, in the mind of the Holy Spirit working through the Apostle Paul. Is uh, he's thinking in terms
3: of, uh, of uh,
2: If you have your look like if you have your radio on, turn your volume down because we're getting an echo. So uh, that way we won't get the echo from you. But uh, getting back to your question, um, the Apostle Paul, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is thinking through uh, the lens of an agricultural setting or an agricultural principle. Uh, and it is the law of harvest. God has established the law. He's established a law of harvest. In other words, uh, if you sow uh, to good things, you will reap good things. If you sow to bad things, you will reap bad things. And so this is why... Um, we it's so important for us as Christians to sow to the spirit because we will reap the benefits of Galatians five and twenty-two uh in sowing to the spirit. But if we sow to the flesh, then we're going to experience the the the, the law of harvest, of the judgment and the wrath of God. See, so uh this is very important for us to understand. So Paul is using an agricultural uh, principle uh, that leads to a moral and spiritual principle uh, that can be a blessing or it can be a judgment based upon the decisions that we make. Now, uh, I did a sermon, and I do it at churches when sometimes they call me in to preach. I have a PowerPoint uh, from... um, Numbers thirty-two and twenty-three, because it says if you don't do, if you will not do so, you've sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sins will find you out. So, in my PowerPoint, uh, when I go to churches and I do uh, teaching there, I lay out uh, about four ways that your sins can find you out, or you can reap what you sow. So, you what what happens is. Our sins can find us out, number one, in time. Number two, our sins can find us out in our conscience. Our sins can find us out in our body. And suppose your sins don't find you out, you don't reap what you sow in those three areas. Well, the fourth area would be that your sins will find you out in eternity because you'll have to stand before God. And it says in Philippians chapter four, Every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So, uh, you just can't escape God. It's, it's important for us to, uh, get connected with the moral and spiritual realm of God's law and sowing to the Spirit so we can reap, uh, blessings from God. If we don't do it that way, then we're going to reap, uh, judgment and sometimes that judgment can lead to death if we don't repent. We gotta repent of the sin, you know, because whatever is done in the dark, it will be brought to the light. So hopefully uh, that little expeditional thing that I gave you will give you some additional insight on that scripture, uh, Galatians 6 and 7, one of my favorite scriptures. And when it says, God be not deceived, God is not mocked, in other words, Don't think that you're mocking God when you sin because God sees everything. He's too high to get over. He's too wide to get around and he's too low to get under. You can't mock or fool God. You can't trick God because he's omniscient, you know, uh, he's all wise. He's omnipotent. He's all powerful. He's immutable. He's he's unchangeable. And, uh, He's everywhere, I'm the present. He's everywhere. That is the attributes of God. So just surrender to him and uh, humble yourself before God and experience the harvest of blessings rather than the harvest of judgment. So hopefully, Alfred, that gives you some insight more on the scripture and it's been a blessing to
3: you. Thank you very much, Dr. Buckner.
2: You're welcome. Do you have any questions Prayer request, my brother, that we can pray for you before you go.
3: Yeah, I, I'm, I had my, uh, well, I was called into your ministry to to pray for my mom. who had surgery, and it's been about a month right now, and she's coming along pretty good. So I appreciate the prayers. Oh, you got it. Well,
2: we're going to have Brother Gary to pray for your mom and pray for you. And uh, also, too, we want to thank you for uh, your ongoing financial blessings that come sometimes several times a week. So we appreciate you, my brother. Okay, uh, Brother Gary, let's lift this brother and his mom up in prayer.
1: Okay, Lord, we just thank you for Brother Alfred. We pray that you continue to be with him, continue to bless him for his generosity toward this ministry. We pray that you continue to uh, bless his mother with good health and good a good recovery, Lord God, that you would just continue to encourage her, continue to strengthen her, and continue to bless their family, meet every need that's represented in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray.
2: Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Alfred. God bless you, brother. Keep up the good work, and keep us posted on your mom.
1: I sure will. All righty. God bless. Okay, we got about one minute. Let's try to get uh, Rick started here.
2: Brother Rick, why don't you, we have about less than a minute, uh, pose your question, and then when we come back from the uh, break, we'll try to address it.
3: Okay. We know that in the book of John, Jesus talks about being God. And in so many ways, he presents himself that way. Where does Paul present Jesus being God?
2: Okay. Well, that's a very good question. Do you have any particular book in mind? I was thinking about the book of Timothy. Okay. The book of Timothy. All righty. Well, we'll come back and address that uh, good question. Brother Gary.
1: All right. It's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith.
0: You're listening to Contending for the
2: Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay.
1: Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecture counselor, teacher and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. That number is 1-888-FOR-KFAX. That's 1-888-367-5329. Don't be shy. Pick up that phone and give us a call. We want to hear from you tonight. We still have a little bit of time left in the broadcast if you hurry. Um, So we just want to encourage you, uh, continue to pray for Contending for the Faith. And we also want to encourage you to continue to support us financially. Uh, There's two ways that you can donate. Uh, The first way is to address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553 Tiburon, California, 94920. Uh, That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org and click on the Donate button and you'll be a blessing for time and eternity. Right now, we owe about $322, and we're trying to retire that debt, so we need your help and support. So continue to pray for us, and as God blesses you, please continue to donate and support the ministry. All right, we were talking to Brother Rick.
2: Brother Rick, are you there? Yes, I am. All righty. Well, good to hear your voice, and you had a very good question. Uh, Rick was asking a question about uh, the deity of Christ that in the Gospel of John uh, it's clear that uh, John brings out uh, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit and the teachings of Jesus uh, that Jesus taught, according to John, John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the verse 14, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only God the Father, full of grace and truth. So so we see that it's clear in the teachings of the Gospel of John that Jesus is indeed God. And uh, don't let any cults and false religions tell you otherwise. But he wanted to know uh, if the Apostle Paul, in the book of Timothy, to young Timothy, taught uh, anything related to... Uh, Jesus being God and that is clear. Well, yes, there is a real powerful passage on that, brother Rick. And, uh, you might want to write this down. And those who are listening tonight, you should write it down as well. Uh, in first Timothy, uh, chapter three, first Timothy chapter three and, uh, verse 16, it says there again, first Timothy, Timothy chapter three, verse 16, it says, the apostle Paul under the leadership of the Holy Spirit says, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. So uh, who was received up into glory? Jesus. And who was God manifested in the flesh? It was Jesus. So this is a powerful scripture on the deity of Jesus Christ. No cult want to accept this verse of scripture nor false religion. Now, the thing that's interesting about about 1 Timothy chapter three and verse 16, it sounds almost identical to John chapter one at verse 14, and the word was made flesh. Notice what the Apostle Paul says under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. God was manifested in the flesh. So that's Jesus becoming man in his incarnation. You know, so what he laid aside in his incarnation, he took up in his resurrection. And then he was able to say in Matthew 28, all power, all power has been given unto me in heaven and earth go preach teach and make disciples you know so anyway hopefully that helps out brother rick um uh, first timothy 3 and 16. did you get that yes i did oh great very good uh do you have any prayer requests that
3: we can pray for you on please please continue to pray for my mother and my sister my sister just had hip replacement surgery so pray for her recovery on that Mm -hmm. my mother pray for her continuing recovery where she could where she could uh, function normally and uh, be able to communicate in, in her 91 years pray for her salvation as well pray that her heart opens up to hearing hearing the gospel and hearing the friendship Brother Christians. I shared with, I shared that with you before. Amen. All righty. Well, we're gonna have Brother
2: Gary to pray for those prayer requests right now. We are praying, ministry, and we believe in sending these prayers up before the Lord. Brother Gary.
1: Amen. Lord, we just thank you for Brother Rick. We pray that you continue to keep him in good health as well. We pray for his mom and her salvation. We pray, Lord God, that you would truly soften her heart, open her heart up to your Holy Spirit, that she would come to the realization of of the truth of who you are. And Lord God, we pray for his sister and that she would have a speedily recovery from her hip replacement, that you would just continue to bless and meet every need that's in Brother Rick's life, continue to encourage him and support him, continue to to bless him mightily. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: Amen. Thank you, Brother Gary, and thank you, Brother Rick, for your uh, call as well as your good question there. Amen.
1: All righty. Amen. Well, All right. Well, the the lines are lit up like the proverbial Christmas tree, so let's hurry up and get to Brother CC.
2: All right, let's do that. CC, how you doing? I'm hanging.
1: Hey, how you guys doing?
2: Oh, uh, we are truly blessed. It's always good to hear your voice, and we trust that you got blessed by the Word tonight.
4: Oh, yes, most definitely, most definitely.
2: Right, right. If you had one thing that stood out tonight uh, for you, that ministered to you, what was it through the Word?
4: Well, you said the preaching of the cross was foolishness to those who were perishing, but for us, uh, being saved is the power of God. I just think about, like you named, about all the different people who are so much against the cross, the universities, our colleges, our things, tanks, and our government, and how much they're trying to push them out, and... The condition, you know, prayer used to be a part of school over 50 years ago. And just think about how they re- when they remove prayer from the schools, how what condition the kids and what condition our schools are in since they have removed prayer from the school. They used to be a daily thing. The kids
2: would pray. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you uh, hit it right on the nose with that situation there. Yes. Uh, so we appreciate the uh, feedback on that. Um, and what's your question tonight?
4: Uh, question. I want to say is real quick. I know I know the time is limited. I just want to say that I had a phone bill to pay, and I prayed for God to you know buy my phone bill. But I just threw it up in the air to remember it. I went to go pay my phone bill, my cell phone bill. When I went in here, they told me my bill it was it was paid, and nobody went down there and paid. Prayer I paid. so He took care of my phone bill supernaturally by His grace, and I prayed for it
2: hmm Amen. amen, well you able you say you were able to pay for it
4: no i i the thing is i when I went in there, they said it was taken care of, but I never paid the bill
2: I okay so you never you it. never you never paid the bill, but they said it was taken care of
4: yeah, and nobody nobody went down there and paid it,
2: so you don't have to pay anything is that correct I didn't
4: have to pay anything, and nobody paid it it was just taken care of and i had i, I didn't believe it, but so I had to check it like two times. I even went back the next day. I said, this got to be a mistake. And the guy said, no, your bill is taken care of. And I was, and I didn't pay it.
2: Well, I tell you what, uh, just keep an eye on it, but you never know. Uh, God may be doing a miracle in your life. He may be blessing you with uh, something that, uh, that you are not fully uh, you aware of, but you never know how the Lord could be working, uh, but it also could be a mistake on their part Uh, But you just uh, pay close attention to it and be alert and watchful so you make sure that, uh, you know, if it comes up again, you're ready to address it. But we appreciate you sharing that so we can uh, keep that. We need to pray for you around that situation.
4: Yeah, it wasn't a mistake because I went back again to pay my bill and I had to pay it.
2: (laughs) Okay, so is that what you wanted to share with us or did you have a question?
4: I want to ask you about. Under uh, the time is limited, now, I want to ask you about in general. I know in a, in the Old Testament, talked about that uh, about the slaves, and it said that the Hebrew slave worked for seven years. After seven years of servitude, he never had to work again. I wonder why why was that the case?
2: Well, the, a lot of it had to do with they were uh, indentured slaves, and a lot of times they they were they had to pay off a debt for something that they had did. It could it could have been a crime. It could. It was a crime in some way, or something that they had did illegal, and so uh, they had a setup where they had to literally um, work to pay off a de- that debt, and then that way they they were free of it. So that's the way they operated in the Old Testament, and a lot of it was true in the New Testament as well, and even and and, and even with uh, the time of. Uh, there were there were black slaves that African slaves that had uh, African slaves as slaves, and they didn't treat them the way many most of the whites did when they brought them to the new, the new world. They were indentured slaves, so they had they were able to because of a crime they were work they worked off of the crime, and they didn't have to longer do the time.
3: But what yeah.
4: about the Hebrews? The Hebrew slave, he, he worked for seven years of service, and he never worked again. Is that
1: the same? That, well, that, 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 that was, was uh, said, seven uh, years was a year of jubilee, and at yes. that time, the Hebrews, you had to let them go. If you had a, a fellow Israelite as a slave, you had to let them go, or they had the opportunity to stay with you. If they, if they liked you and uh, agreed, but you had to let them go after seven years, and that was the year of jubilee. Yeah, it was a year
2: year of jubilee, but also that seven was a, you know, it's always pointing to uh, the completion uh, because the word seven means completion or perfection. So the Lord has set up the year of jubilee, but also the number itself was the number perfection or completion. So when you look at the word completion, so after they worked, the lord had it set up for seven and then after they did the seven the lord didn't want to go beyond that because in his the way he operated was seven and even when you go to the creation itself you know so you got the word seven in there too 6 days and seventh day he he rested so it's it's a it's a completion and the lord had it set up that way so that they wouldn't have to work anymore after that Because the word itself, seven, means completion. And then when you throw in there the year of Jubilee, they they definitely wasn't going to work on that day. Thank you. I appreciate it. You got it. You got it. Very, very good question. Very good question. Well, you have any prayer requests?
4: Yeah, I'll make it really quick. Just pray for my mother, Rosalinda, and and, um, my family. And I'm having a little head pressure around my head. And and salaries (laughs) in general.
2: Oh, okay. Well, let's let's um, let's pray for that brother uh, around the situation and his family, brother Gary. And then we're gonna try to squeeze in the last caller uh, to to get his question and go from there.
1: Okay. So, Lord, we just thank you for uh, brother CC. We pray, Lord God, over his health, Lord God, that you take care of whatever this pressure is, Lord God, that you help him get the medical attention he may need, or that you might supernaturally just give him a touch of your healing grace. We pray for his mother, Rosalinda, and that you meet all the needs and represent it in his family. We ask these things in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And we will
2: address your concerns some more and uh, next week because we're running out of time, but we'll uh, touch on that a little bit more with you next week. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah I'll give you some more meat on that uh, next week because we just want to get to our other call as well. So thank you so wow, much right for that. You.
1: you got it. Uh, Looks right. like we're out of time here. The music is playing. Let's so, uh, yeah. Megan, Megan, Uh-oh. are you there?
2: Yeah, I am. You know what? Uh, get, give us your question, and you know what I'm gonna do. I am going to uh, get that, make that note because we're almost out of time. Time, and then we're gonna put you up first and address it next time. What's your question?
1: Yeah, um, for the people who are non-believers, how do you make the argument against
0: their theory of evolution versus what we believe as Christians um, and the creation of the world as is seen in Genesis?
2: Very good, good question. Well, let's do to do justice to that. If you can call us early next week, we'll get you on at the top, and we'll address that question that you have. How about that? All
1: right,
3: sounds
0: good. Thank you. All
2: righty, thank you for your call too